What's up and welcome to my podcast and welcome back if you're familiar. According to my analytics, most of my audience is in Virginia. So, hello to you guys too. It's been a while since I posted. Let me check the thing here. I'm at my workstation, my office desk. Let's find out. My last post was January 30th, 2022. And... For context, the first 10 episodes of this podcast were the 10 primary ideas that shaped my worldview. The next eight episodes are my thoughts on identity. And the next eight after that are the top quotes that shape my worldview. There's like three to four episodes missing. So season two is about eight episodes. Season three is about eight episodes. Why is that? Well, it's because I've said things that I'd rather not have said. And I didn't feel like editing the recording and re-uploading or anything like that. I may save it for Patreon content. Moving forward, we're going into a new series, and I'm hoping to make it 10 episodes. As this podcast is dedicated to my nephew Micah and my younger self, and any young person, uh, any young person can uh, learn valuable insights from this podcast and use them to better their position in life, and potentially avoid unnecessary hardship. And anyone of any age can benefit from it as well, and also learn about my philosophy on life. So this is the first episode in a new series I'm doing about power. So today. I'm going to talk about unlocking your personal power. So let's first establish what is power. Keeping it simple, power is the ability and capacity to influence yourself and environment and elements in your environment. Essentially, the stronger a position you are that you put yourself in, the more power you have. Likewise, the weaker your position, the less power you have. To have true power is to make the decision to seek independence and self-sufficiency. When you are dependent on someone or multiple people or something, you are very much influenced by that person or people or thing. It's not always a bad thing because sometimes we have to lean on other people. Sometimes we do have to ask for help and humble ourselves. It's not always a bad thing, though it is worthwhile to consistently uh, pursue independence and self-sufficiency. And no matter how independent and self-sufficient you are, even at the peak of that, whatever that may be for you, you will always have to answer to somebody. So for me as a content creator, I answer to myself and I also answer to the audience. When it comes to other aspects of our lives, we have bosses that we have to answer to. Uh, we have parents we have to answer to when we're young. Other authority figures. And when we don't answer to them, our experience gets worse because they have the power to make our lives much more miserable than they than they should be. 
Yeah, it's kind of funny how that works. So the more independence you have and the more self-sufficient you are, you're, you're going to have more freedom. And freedom comes with the responsibility of being self-sufficient and being independent. And it's not always going to be an easy road to that. For example, a lot of teenagers or like young adults have to either get a full-time job and work their way up in that company, or they have to get a degree of some kind, so therefore they don't have to live with their parents, and they can be successful and independent. They learn to drive, so, they're, so they don't have to walk, and they're not dependent on public transportation. However, with the way the economy is, I suppose it wouldn't be that bad of an idea to start using public transportation if you drive. My point is, no matter... No matter who you are, you will always have someone to answer to, and it is worthwhile to seek further independence and further self-sufficiency. Probably the peak of it would be living off-grid in the wilderness in possibly uncharted territory. You hunt, you have solar panels, you collect rainwater, you built your own cabin. You know, it would probably be something like that. And your definition of success is, that's up to you. In my personal opinion, if you have a roof over your head, you have an income, food on the table, and people who care about you, if you have just those four things, you are doing wonderful. That's my opinion. Success beyond that, you will have to decide it for yourself. And don't, don't let other people get you inside your head and make you think you're a loser. Being a winner or a loser, that is all in our heads, it's all in our minds, because success is subjective. It's going to vary person to person. We all start in life in different places. We don't know everything right away, and we will never know everything. However, we don't know everything we're supposed to know from birth, where it's not inherent knowledge. So, you know, I know dudes who, who are unemployed, have criminal records, live with their parents, and they're confident and they get all these girls and money comes their way. And I know dudes who are successful, who are insecure, and they don't know how to deal with women. They get zero bitches. You know, uh, yeah, success is subjective. And when I said successful dudes, what I mean is like economically, like uh, they have a six-figure income or something like that. You know, they're independent, but they're insecure, weak little puppies who can't get women. Because, you know, they don't have confidence. You can have confidence and you don't even have to earn it. You can, you can just be confident just because you feel good about who you are and where you're going. And that's how I would define confidence is you're comfortable with all the choices you made in life, the choices you're currently making and where you are headed in life. I would say that is my definition of confidence. And it, for that definition, you, you have to humble yourself and be at peace. You have to radically accept yourself, your choices, your past, and your path. And also modify yourself a bit to maneuver yourself in a stronger position and get on a better path. And that's essentially what independence, self-sufficiency, and power are really all about. Because when you're independent and self-sufficient, you have the most authority over yourself and your life. 
And in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about the keys to this. The first one, discernment. So your discernment is your judgment, your ability to judge and determine something, to make sense of something. From what is true to what is false, what is correct, what is incorrect, what is morally right, what is morally wrong. What is neutral? What is the nuance? What is the gray? What is black? What is white? Your discernment, your judgment is going to be your first and most powerful tool when it comes to pursuing success and power and status and all this stuff. You're going to have to, first of all, understand with your discernment, you have to use your discernment to know what is worthy of your judgment. There's so many times that we let things insignificant you know, overrule us in our discernment. Like, oh no, the milk is spilled, I'm going to cry over it. Well, is that really worthy of our judgment? Do we really have to allow something so trivial to ruin our day, to ruin our moment, to ruin our peace? That's why they have the saying, don't cry over spilled milk. It ain't worth it. Know what is worthy of your judgment and know who is worthy of your judgment. Whether it's a good judgment or a negative judgment, Know what is worthwhile to be given praise and to be given shame. What do you need to be in proximity to and what do you need to avoid? As some examples. Also, with the sermon, never settle for less than what you want. And that's the truth behind the self-help industry anyway. I mean, there's a lot of great books, there's a lot of great writers, a lot of great speakers and great coaches and such. However, self-help is is self-improvement or personal growth, whatever you want to call it. It's essentially uh, discipline and long-term goals where you choose what you want most in life and work for it over what you want now. That's essentially self-help in a nutshell. That's essentially a lot of self-help books and Articles all in a nutshell. It's discipline. It's choosing what you want most over what you want now. And another way of saying this is settle for gold, not silver. Gold is more valuable than silver. I'm not even going to get into why that is. We're we're rolling with the example. Please make peace with that. So when we settle for something less than what we wanted, we feel miserable and we kind of resent ourselves for it. I'm not saying that there's no circumstance where it's a valid cho- it's not a valid choice. I mean, yes, there are going to be times we're not able to get exactly what we wanted and we will have to make do with what we're able to get and what we have. Absolutely. However, in a generalized sense, you're going to want to make it a habit to always pursue what you actually want instead of settling for what you can have now. You'll be much more satisfied, you'll be much more prideful in a healthy sense, and you will be more confident because you're actually living a life and having experiences that you want to have. And that's a little tip I can throw in right here. Have days that you want to have. That will that will make your life a lot better. When when you have a schedule, you can you can schedule 
times throughout each day to do something that you actually want to do after you do all the stuff that you should do. So another thing about discernment is you're going to have to be within proximity to who and what will make you a better person and put you in a stronger position and completely avoid what will make you worse or in a weaker position. And it's context dependent and very circumstantial. However, you'll have to use your discernment to, to identify for yourself who it is that will make you a better person, like choosing a mentor, for example. Be in proximity to them, exchange numbers with this person, or just contact info in general. Spend time with them as much as you can. And inevitably, you will have a better experience and you'll feel good. And you'll also be in a stronger position because you're spending time with people who are forcing you to level up. Instead of keep you where you're at or make you worse. And put you in a position where you're more dependent. The second key is discipline. Choose what you want most over what you want now. We talked about that. Now, the second part about discipline is listening to understand someone, not to respond. You want to listen more than you talk because talking can put you in a weaker position really quickly. You can, you can talk yourself out of something easily just as much as you can talk other people out of investing in you and believing in you and respecting you and so forth. That's why it's more important to listen in order to understand because when you are understanding of somebody, you are building a healthy bridge with them. A lot of people are misunderstood on a regular basis and when someone actually understands what they're trying to say or are saying, that makes them feel good and they're more willing to respect you and put a chance on you. And also when you listen more, and you're actually hearing what the other person is saying or trying to say, you're going to actually be able to form a valuable response easier. And the last part about discipline, never react. Turn your emotions into hope. When we are reactive, we are being powerless by our own choice to a person, place, or thing that is providing us a bad experience when we have bad experiences, we tend to get reactive. Um, so when you get reactive, whether you're angry, irritated, depressed, any kind of reaction, any negative emotion, you want to use that emotion or a cluster of emotions, all of it, as fuel and a basis, a foundation to make a positive and constructive choice. For example, if somebody pisses you off because they said something you didn't like and you know you're feeling reactive, the best thing you can do is say, hey, I respect myself and I respect you. I want to continue to respect you. I need to walk away. And we can sort this out while I'm in a better place. And that's kind of an advanced charisma thing to do. However, it's necessary. Or if you didn't get the result you wanted from something and you get pissed off or depressed about it, use that emotion those or a cluster of emotions 
as fuel to try to try it again differently that activity and get a better result put it into music put it into exercise when i get pissed off i go to the gym when i get depressed i go to the gym likewise if i get pissed i play guitar if i get depressed i play guitar i i take my emotions and i do something positive with them not all the time because i'm a human being I know I said never react, How, however, for simplicity's sake, I wrote it that way, I'm saying it that way. However, no one always or never does anything, but they're really fun little general rules to throw out there. And you know what? There's times we fail. There's times we fail in that we are reactive, and there's times we fail at anything. An, uh, another side tip to give here is one strategy you could use i use i I did this in from middle school to now like when i'm new to something i try to get all the l's out of the way before i collect the w's The, the i get all the losses out of the ways all the fails just so i can only have the wins left the successes whether it's socializing with people working out the gym or doing something new what have you um that's another strategy I use, you know, because when I fail, I internalize the lesson from that failure, and I also learn how to do things differently. The third key to unlocking your personal power, boundaries. So the first part of this is we teach people how to treat us. When someone puts us down and we don't correct them, We don't say, hey, I don't appreciate you saying that. That's disrespectful. I won't tolerate that. When we we don't do that, we teach them that it's okay to talk to us that way, as, as an example. We teach people how to treat us. So when someone does something to you that you're not okay with, let them know that you're not okay with that. And if they're still defiant, stay away from them. If you have leverage, like power over them, like they're dependent on you for something or they rely on you for something, you can cut them off from the the supply that you give them or whatever as a temporary punishment to let them know that you are not to be fucked with. Now, as far as physical violence, uh, I would always say uh, be as law-abiding as much as you can be. Um, Don't commit crimes. So, the second part of boundaries. Know what you are willing to tolerate and what you won't. Because sometimes people do things that annoy us. They don't do them to annoy us. They don't do them to annoy us. They they just do things that are annoying. Like a loved one. Or it could be a girlfriend. Or if you're a woman, it could be a boyfriend who, who says a certain thing or does a certain thing a certain way and it's kind of annoying. Well, I mean, you're not just going to cut them out of your life. You love them. And you exchange the value with them. And you have good experiences with them. Okay, so what? Everyone's got their thing that's annoying to somebody. No one's perfect. Yeah, tolerate it. And then also know what you won't. Like, if they're insulting you and they do it on purpose and they know it hurts you, don't tolerate it. So understand that there will be things in life that you will have to tolerate. Life can't always be the way we want it in every way, if ever. And know what you won't tolerate. 
the last thing here on boundaries is always get close to people who give constructive criticism with tact. So I know that's a bit redundant, constructive criticism with tact. However, some people say constructive criticism as a cop-out to not give constructive criticism, where someone could say something like, oh, you suck at this. And I'll be like, well, bro, why the fuck did you tell me that? That's rude. And he's like, no, it's just constructive criticism. And then you have to tell them and correct them, no, that's not constructive criticism, that they have any tact to it. And then they make their excuses if they're a dumbass or they apologize because they actually care about you, eh, some, something like that. However, that's why I made it redundant because some people will say they're giving constructive criticism and be super manipulative about it. So that's why I added it with tact. To those people who exist and do that, fuck you. You made me add two extra words <laughs> to, a, to a valid point. Fuck you. I hope you have a miserable day. Anyway. So, yes. Why do you want to be close to people who give tactful criticism? Because that's how you're going to improve. And it also shows that they love and respect you. Or they like and respect you. They see your potential and they want to help you actualize your potential. Be more powerful. Be more independent. Be more self-sufficient. Be more talented, etc. So the people you want to avoid are people who only say positive things about what you do. They're not, they're not valuable. Well, or at least their feedback isn't valuable. So it's not like you have to cut them out or anything. Just don't go to them for criticism or feedback. Because they won't help you. They're just going to be a yes person when it comes to the feedback department. So you'll have to use your discernment to determine whether you cut them out or not. Or you just don't go to them for feedback. However, uh, people who are people who are critical, like let's talk about the opposite now. People who are just critical in a harsh way. They don't say anything positive about you or what you did. Uh, that's worth cutting out and absolutely 100% of the time, always, always cut those people out. That if, if they can't be respectful when giving you feedback, then fuck them. You know, they, they, they're, they're, they're going to be detrimental to your sense of self and your self-image. So what's the balance between the two? The balance would be people who give good criticism... They do it with respect, with some tact. They, they start off with, oh, I really like this about it. I see where you're going with this. This is really good. And then they move on to parts where you can improve. They, they may say things like, okay, well, I really like this about it. However, th this part that you wrote, it needs more nuance here. Uh, otherwise, I think it's really good. But, you know, try correcting this. Um, you misspelled this. You know, that's an example of it. Or if it's music related, you know, I really liked how you played that. However, it's a bit off time in this area. It, it kind of came out choppy here. You might want to be a bit more precise on your strumming in this area. You know, you want people like that because they're going to help you master your craft. They're going to help you look good to other people. They're going to help you be a better person and a better business person, more talented. Uh, and smarter than you were previously. And 
if you apply their criticism, their constructive tackle criticism, whatever we're calling it, the good criticism, um, the tact, the tactful criticism, it's going to make you more skilled if you apply it. And those are people you want to be really close to. Um, so the, the boundary would be, don't just give me positive feedback. Don't just give me negative feedback. Give me tactful criticism and tell me what you liked about and tell me where I could improve. That's a good boundary you could put up with people. And um, just know that not everyone's going to be an expert on what you're doing or even know a lot about it. And some people might not even know what the hell you're trying to do. So there's people who might just say positive things because they don't understand what's going on. They like you. And there's also people who will say negative things just for the sake of saying negative things because it gets them a dirty high when they put people down and it makes them feel better than them. Whatever, you know, their superiority thing. And, you know, um, not everyone is just going to understand what you're, what you're doing. However, uh, that's why, you, like in the Law of Association episode in the season one of this podcast, it's important to be around your kind. It's important to be around people who are on the same mission as you. So there we have it. We've gone over the definition of power, where it's about your ability and capacity to influence yourself and your environment and the elements in it. We've talked about it's worthwhile to pursue independence and self-sufficiency. We've talked about how if you have an income, a roof over your head, food on the table, and people who care about you, you're doing wonderful in life. We talked about the, the three keys to unlocking your personal power. One, your discernment. Know what is worthy of your judgment. Never settle for less than what you want, unless absolutely necessary. Be within proximity to who and what will make you better and in a stronger position. We talked about the second key, discipline. Choose what you want most over what you want now. Listen to understand and not to respond. Never react. Turn your emotions into hope. We talked about the third key, boundaries. We teach people how to treat us. Know what you are willing to tolerate and what you want. Always get close to people who give constructive criticism with tact. Tactful feedback. So when, when you master your judgment, when you are disciplined and what it takes to be more independent and more self-sufficient and when you have the proper boundaries with the people in your life you are going to have a very clear purpose a very clear path and it's going to make you feel genuine confidence where you're comfortable with the choices you made the choices you are making and where you are going and this is about how you unlock your personal power and be humble with your power. 